June 2014 I hail from a very theatrical climate. Coming to terms with Mother Nature is essential when you call the low country of South Carolina home. At the precise moment I ventured outside early this morning, my sunglasses fogged. In the next breath, I swatted a mosquito on the back of my neck. The world was still. The birds were quiet. It was already too hot to chirp. And, Lord save us, the heat was just beginning to rise. I thought the blazes of hell itself could not be this inhospitable. But that was exactly how a typical summer day would be expected to unfold. The temperature would climb steadily from the mid-70s at sunrise to the edges of 90 degrees by noon. All through the day, thermometers across the land would inch toward their worst. Around three or four in the afternoon, the skies would grow black and horrible. After several terrifying booms and ear-splitting cracks of thunder and lightning, lights would flicker, computers reboot, and the heavy clouds burst as rain fell, jungle-style, fast and furious. Natives and tourists declared it bourbon weather and tucked themselves into the closest bar to knock back a jigger or two. Then, suddenly, without warning, the deluge stops. The sun slowly reemerges, and all is right with the world. The good news, the stupefying heat of the day is broken, and the sun begins its lazy descent. The entire population of the low country man and beast breathes a collective sigh of relief. Even though every sign had pointed to impending catastrophe, the world, in fact, did not come to an end. After five o'clock in downtown Charleston, gentlemen in seersucker linen or madras, wafting a faint trail of royal bay rum, would announce to freshly powdered ladies and optimistic chintz that it appeared the sun had once again traveled over the yard arm. Could he tempt her with an iced adult libation? She would smile and say, That would be lovely. Shall we imbibe on the piazza? I have some delicious cheese straws. Or deviled eggs, or pickled shrimp, or creamy spread enhanced with minced herbs from their garden. Ceiling fans would stir and move the warm evening air while they recounted their leisurely days in sweet words designed to charm. By six or seven in the evening, across the city, in all the slick new restaurants with dozens of craft beers and encyclopedic wine lists, corks were being pulled. Freezing cold vodka and gin were slapping against designer ice cubes in shiny clacking shakers with concoctions designed by a mixologist, whose star was ascending on a trajectory matched with his ambition. Hip young patrons in fedoras and tight pants, impossibly high heels and short skirts, picked at small plates of house-cured salami and caponada. At less glamorous watering holes, crab dip was sitting on an undistinguished cracker, Boiled peanuts dripping with saline goodness were being cracked open, and pop-tops were popping. An afternoon cocktail was a sacred tradition in the Holy City, and had been as far back as the war. Charlestonians, natives and the imported, did not fool around with traditions, no ma'am. 
even if your interpretation of tradition meant you'd prefer iced tea to bourbon. When the proper time arrived, the genteel privileged, the hipsters, and the regular folks paused for refreshment. If you were from elsewhere, you observed. We were so much more than a sea-drinking city. But I was hours away from any kind of indulgence, and it was doubtful I'd run into someone with whom I could share a cool one in the first place. To be honest, I was a juicer and got my thrills from liquefied carrots and spinach, stocking up when they were on special at the by-low. And I was the classic case of table for one, please. Such is the plight of the middle-aged divorcee. I had surrendered my social life ages ago.